Hey guys. Hi guys. Welcome back to another episode of Hot Takes Pod. We're really excited because today we have our first interviewee ever on Hot Takes. Her name's Madison Smargin. And for the purposes of this episode, we're going to be referring to me as Maddie and Madison as Madison. So hopefully we'll try and stick to that so that you guys, it's easier to follow along. Before we get into our amazing interview with Madison, we just wanted to address everything that happened this past week. It has been an incredibly emotional week for the world, and we ultimately made the decision to not post an episode or continue with our normal content out of solidarity with everyone marching and advocating for racial justice. We hope our decision helped amplify the voices of those who needed to be heard. And we hope we were able to provide some resources for you all on our podcast page. Obviously, we are not the authority on everything happening, but we do stand with those who are advocating for change. And we do believe our industry has powerful tools to help in that fight. So we hope to continue to watch fashion houses and brands stand up for the things that we are standing up for and fighting for change, much needed change in this country. So we are going to be resuming with our normal content. But that being said, we will continue to try and bring diverse voices onto this show and onto our platform because it is genuinely what we believe in. And we are proud to be partners and allies in this fight. We are so excited that we have our first interviewee this week, Madison, and she's the founder of the Mata app. I think you guys have seen a few of my posts about the Mata app, but I first met Madison through an Instagram collaboration that I did with them. And I was blown away by the idea. I've never seen an app with such cool functionality. And we'll let Madison tell you more about that later, but it's such a unique idea so we're really excited to have her on the episode to talk to you guys more about it. So Madison had the idea for this app when she was 18 years old while she was in college, which is so impressive. And it took a few years of research and development to officially launch it at the age of 22, which is basically our age. So we are incredibly impressed by her career path and you inspire me. I would love to do what you do one day, but... I always think that I'm too young, but it shows our listeners that no one is too young and you can always come up with a revolutionary idea that will shake up the fashion industry and take some inspiration from Madison. Apart from launching her awesome app, she's been featured in articles on Women's Wear Daily, People.com, and Business Insider. And then about the app itself, it's a fashion app that allows you to curate your wardrobe kind of like a dating app. So it recommends outfits to you and all you have to do is swipe left and right on them to favorite or say you don't like this. And then they have an algorithm that figures out what you like and what you don't like based on those swiping preferences. So it's been called the Tinder of outfits and it allows you to curate your most authentic and unique self. Madison, I, again, like Maddie, am so freaking impressed by you starting this app at such a young age. And we would love if you could share kind of the story of what that process was like. And yeah, just tell us how you started it, how you came up with the idea. How does a 18-year-old, 22-year-old think of something so brilliant? 
Oh my God. Well, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to this. And Maddie, all of your posts with Motto, we love doing a partnership with you. So we'll have to do more. Um, but it was my freshman year of college. I was getting ready for a first date and I was freaking out. And I turned to my best friend and I was like, okay, what do I wear? And she was like, well, just wear, you know, what makes you feel the most like you. And that was really shocking for some reason to me. And it kind of got me thinking, okay, maybe the best outfit isn't, you know, what's the most trendy right now, but maybe it's what I feel best in. So that kind of sent me on a little bit of a spiral. Um, and so I did this really deep dive into all these articles that I found online about why people get dressed the way that they do. And then we did some studies on it as well with some focus groups. Um, and basically what I learned was the best outfit is the one that makes you feel the most confident. So, you know, I figured we find, you know, our boyfriends online on dating apps. We can practically do anything on our phone. Let's see if we can, you know, find cool outfits too. Um, and that's how it started. So then we launched this last, what is it, January? So about five months ago, which is wild that it's been five months. Um, so, but we didn't have any brands on board until last spring. So I spent literally four years trying to get people to join on to this idea. So it was a really long process, but we're super excited to be out right now. That's awesome. How did you guys get those brands to agree without having launched it yet? Like what did you have to say to explain to them why it would be a good investment for them? So we were very much in the chicken and the egg problem. We're like, okay, we need brands to get customers and sales, but we need customers and sales to get brands on board. So I sent about 3,000 cold emails. Literally, I just sat in my college cafe, like typing away and emailing the most random people ever. Um, and then one of my advisors, um, she was like, Madison, just build a really great platform and the brands will come. And so then my spring break of senior year, I went to this conference called Shop Talk in Vegas, which is basically where all the brands go to talk about what's happening in retail right now. And that's when I signed my first brand on. I think it was Planet Blue, which I was super excited about. Um, and then within six months, we went from maybe two brands to 3,000 brands. So it's like when yep. one came, all of a sudden, you know, all the other ones came. That's crazy that's awesome. growth. Also, yeah. Planet Blue is such a, a win for a first brand to get on board. <laughs> that's yeah, incredible. I think you know, so many um, of my mentors and advisors, they were like, Madison, the way to build this is go for the small brands first, and then the big ones will follow. And I was like, that seems really boring, guys. So, you know, <laughs> right after Planet Blue, there was Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's and Macy's. Um, so I decided to kind of go for the big ones first. And then all of the independent brands kind of followed that. But I knew I needed a really big retailer as one of the first people to sign on in order for us to get, you know, as much info as we needed. We're huge Macy's fans. Yeah, you guys work at Macy's, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Complicated story right now, but yeah. Oh, I bet, yeah. At one point. <laughs> Could you, because we both obviously have played around on your app and ordered from it before, but a lot of our listeners probably haven't yet. So could you tell us a little more about how it works like generally and how the process is from signing on and then picking your outfits from there? Mm -hmm. So at first you take a little style quiz. It's probably 10 questions long. Um, and you swipe through some outfits just so we can see what, you know, your personal style is and, you know, 
how comfortable you are taking risks and your body type and kind of fun stuff like that. Um, and then we recommend outfits that are custom to you that our algorithms come up with. Um, but like a good relationship, kind of the more you use Mata and the more you tell Mata about yourself, the better the outfits are going to be for you. So it's definitely something that, you know, really increases value over time. And then we also have a featured outfit section. So we have stylists from Vogue, Glamour, a bunch of celebrity stylists, and they curate the featured outfit section, um, which I think is really cool because it gives you an opportunity to see, you know, what they're loving right now. And then also what we think you'll love based on that. Um, and so then you can buy everything straight through us. So we are a universal shopping cart. So say you want to buy that Gucci purse, but also a $20 t-shirt that you think is awesome. You can do that all straight through us. And then the retailers fulfill the orders. Such a cool concept. I was scrolling through it actually this morning and swiping right for mostly everything. (laughs) I just love it. And also you can like switch out a few of the outfit. Like if they give you four different things, including accessories or whatnot, you can switch through like the necklaces or whatever until you find something that you like, which I think is so cool because it gives the user some freedom. Oh, yeah, exactly. We think that swapping, we've seen a lot of people actually doing that because they'll like the whole outfit, but not those Levi jeans and they want to switch it out for something, whether that's something pricier or something a little bit more affordable or something that's totally different. We give them that option. One of my favorite parts about the app is just the fact that if you're looking for an outfit, like if you want to find a cute outfit, but you don't know what site to go on. So if you're looking at Macy's and you're looking at Bloomingdale's and you're looking at Nordstrom and you have to flip through all these different sites to find what you're looking for. I like how your app brings all of these brands together and all these big retailers that normally you'd have to surf separately. And now you can look through them together and see outfits like from all of their assortments, which is really unique and cool and has been one of my favorite parts about it. Yeah, I think, you know, my thought process was that with that was there's so much online. It's overwhelming how many products are out there. But my friends and I all shop on the same like three sites. We're like, okay, we know we love Revolve, Shopbop, you know, and a few others. And we're like, okay, but what else is there? We're all looking for something else, even though we loved them. And so I think to be able, you know, what I really wanted to do was have all those options in one place, but where you didn't kind of have to go surfing for it. It's very tailored to what we think you'll love. I have a question. I'm actually curious about how strictly the algorithms stick. So if someone does want to experiment a little bit with their style or they've kind of shifted their style from what they originally took their quiz as or like answered those questions, how flexible is the app to doing that? Yeah, so um, we don't just go off the style quiz. That's actually a really small part about it. We actually go mostly off how you're interacting with things. Um, and so we also sometimes purposely throw in some outfits that are definitely out of the range of something we think you'll love because one, the customers surprise us all the time, or two, we want to surprise the customer and help them find something that they didn't think they'd like. Or three, we learn so much about customers from what they don't like. It's almost as important as what they do. Um, that's kind of why we have that color question about which colors do you not like to wear? Because I think that If you limit yourself to, oh, I only like to wear blue, I only think I'm trendy, I'm only this, then you're kind of stuck in a box. And our whole thing is helping people discover their style, which, you know, is going to change all the time. So we really take that into account. 
I was going to say my style changes constantly. Like, I could never put myself in a box. So I just love the fact that even when I was scrolling through it this morning, I got a few outfits that I wouldn't have necessarily thought would have been my first choice. But then seeing them, I was like, wow, this is kind of different. And, like, I am open to experimenting, playing around. So I swiped right. And I was like, cool. (laughs) Yeah, we actually are adding some kind of BuzzFeed-like quizzes in a separate section in the app so that we can learn... Like, okay, so on date night, I might dress a little more edgy than I normally do. Or if I'm going to work, I'm definitely going to be a little bit more professional than I am every day. So, you know, we're trying to find a way to understand how the customer is, you know, changing the way that they dress for different occasions too. Because I'm not like, I'd say I'm mostly feminine and trendy. That's kind of where I fall. But I think that I have a little bit of each depending on where I'm going. That's definitely true. I We forgot to mention, that's another one of my favorite parts about the app is the feature to sort by occasion. So you can look like if you're going on a vacation, you can filter all of the outfits suggested to you by vacation wear. Or if you want lounge wear, you can filter for stay at home quarantine vibes. You can filter the whole site by just lounge wear. So that's like another awesome feature that I loved playing around with. Speaking to the featured section, you said you work with a bunch of stylists and editors to kind of curate what's featured on there. So what's it like working with those people? And how does that process work? Like, how do they choose what is being put there, etc.? I love working with them, because, you know, they will choose things that I would have never imagined putting together, but their eye is just so spot on. So not only has it like opened my eye to different ways of dressing, but actually the algorithms learn from the stylist, like a mom, like a kid watching her mom doing her makeup. So every time that they make certain decisions to put things together, our algorithms will also start to make that same decisions. So every time we bring a new one on who has their own style, it's wild how the algorithms start creating these outfits like they would. It's so wild to me because like, I don't even fully understand it. It's kind of like a mind of its own. Um, But having all of their input has been super helpful with all of this. We love working with them. It's so cool. It's literally the coolest thing ever. I didn't even realize they were stylists behind the scenes curating all of that. That's like very impressive. Is that also where the advertising opportunities would come in? Like for brands that do want to advertise on the app, how do you go about that while making sure it's still very genuine and like giving the customers what they want or user? Mm -hmm. So in the Get Styled section... I don't pay attention to brands at all. I really wanted to make it brand neutral. So what we're doing is we're just connecting the customer to what we think is going to be the best product for them. Kind of like what happens on Amazon is like, you know, the incumbent offline isn't always the incumbent online. But then in the featured outfit section, that's where we do give, you know, brands and retailers the space to put their outfits first or to have stylists use mostly their products um, so that, you know, they can, you know, we can spotlight one retailer because we do have, when you have 3000 brands, things can easily get lost in there. And so we want to make sure that our strongest partners are being seen. So working with so many brands and advertisers, there must've been some setbacks and challenges that you faced. What are some of those since coming up with the idea and how have you overcame them? So I got a little ahead of myself. I'm definitely someone that likes to like fly before I can even crawl. And so I had about like 
this probably, I had 30 retailers and brands on board. And one of my advisors, Victor was like, Madison, you have enough right now. Why don't you just slow down, launch with this and see how it goes. And me being just who I am was like, no, no, uh-huh, sure, whatever. And then, you know, I woke up and we had millions of products and our system couldn't handle it because literally it felt like an overnight thing where we had a few brands and then way too many. And so our system just wasn't at the time meant to, you know, handle that many products and brands and we just weren't ready to scale up yet. And so I freaked out and obviously we, you know, built up the technology to be able to do that, but I've had to become very strategic about who we partner with, especially, you know, during this time as well, to make sure that the brands that we do have on board, you know, they're really high quality, they're able to fulfill orders, their products are what they say they are. So we kind of had to go through the system and be like, okay, we can't work with X, Y, and Z at the moment, maybe in the future. But right now, we only have to focus on, you know, these specific ones. So I definitely had to, you know, pull myself in. I tend to have to do that a lot, but it was a big learning curve. Um, and it set us up nicely for this time because now we know that the people we are partnering with, you know, are able to stay afloat when so many are really struggling, um, and able to still serve their customers. It has to be a matter of trial and trial and error. I would imagine when you're starting something so big, like you definitely, your eyes are bigger than your stomach is the same. Like you definitely wanted this huge launch, which you did have, but obviously like there was some learning that needed to come from that. And I'm so impressed by how you came out of that and what you took from it. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's so easy to look at, you know, other platforms like yours and people that have been in the industry for so much longer than you and automatically want to be in that spot. Like that's very much how I am. I don't like that middle learning period, but I've learned that that's so important. So, you know, even when, you know, it's media and advertising or taking on investment or brands or customers like slow and steady has been such a better process for us than going all in at once. Well, speaking about customers, obviously, your app is really geared towards a gen, I wouldn't confine it to saying Gen Z, but it is geared towards like tapping into that generation. So why do you think they're such an important generation to understand? And why were they such a big focus for your audience? Yeah, so, you know, we are the only generate we're the first generation to grow up with the iPhones in our pocket we literally like have the world in our pocket and so I think because we did grow up with that technology the way that we do things it's just it's so ingrained in everything we do versus like my mom you know she wouldn't think she'd think to first go into the store and then pick up her phone like my first thing is oh I want to tap I'm just going to look on my phone and so I think that's one of the big reasons why we've seen a lot of success with Gen Z is because they're already used to it. And, you know, we wanted to make Mata something that was already part of their everyday lives. And they're used to scrolling on Instagram. They're used to swiping. So this seemed like, you know, the logical answer based on our research. And also, I think that, you know, our age is really looking to make that emotional connection with the brands that we do have. I think, you know, maybe the generation above us is a little bit more fickle um, with their brand loyalty. But I think when you really look at Gen Z and our behavior, like we are looking to make those connections with brands. Like think about like Glossier, 
like some people feel so strongly about that. And so when I was building Mata, I was like, okay, I want to be this touch point for the customer and also for the brands where, you know, we're dressing you for not only the everyday, but the big events, you know, the first dates, the birthday parties, you know, the launch parties, whatever it is. And so we're helping, you know, brands make that emotional connection to the customer that I think they were really struggling with. I mean, sorry, I'm rambling here, but I think so many brands were struggling to reach our age group. And they were like, okay, let's just throw out all this different cool AI. Like, let's throw smart mirrors out and see if that attracts people. And yeah, that's fun for like one trip into a store. But uh, what I noticed is <laughs> a lot of it out there wasn't, you know, serving any long-term value. And I was like, okay, I know what my age group wants and what will serve them well. So let's just create it. And I think that's also why so many brands turn to us and are turning to us now during this time is because it's, it's not a guessing game. It's built for Gen Z by Gen Z. That's something that you and I have talked about a lot and just how consumer behavior is changing generally, definitely in Gen Z, because they always have been the ones to care the most about brand and brand mission, sustainability, um, and all of that. But especially now, post-COVID, I think more people are focusing on that, like across generations, and just trying to relate more to a brand that sees eye to eye with their own life choices, I guess. And so we were wondering, adding on to that, how do you think Mata will change the fashion industry post-COVID? And do you see more of this shift happening now in just your sales like currently? Yeah, so I think that, you know, regardless of COVID, retail was in a tricky situation. And I think that COVID kind of just sped up the process. But so many retailers and brands were functioning in, you know, a rather archaic way of working and it had worked for them really well in the past. So they kept on doing that. And what I think happened with COVID, what is like, okay, those old systems really aren't working anymore. And so I think that it was, you know, a time for us to go to brands. You know, there's a lot of retailers that have a whole innovation team and looking, you know, I think Macy's does to look for new ways to do their business and new people to partner with. And, you know, I could tell that the brands and retailers wanted that, but they were struggling to figure out the best way to do that. And so with Mata, we're not a retailer. We're an ecosystem. So we need the industry as a whole to thrive for us to keep thriving. And so I think the way that fashion is changing right now is we've seen D to C skyrocketing. There's just not one channel. There's so many different channels now. Just as, you know, when brands are advertising, you have to be so omni-channel. There has to be Instagram and then paid media ads and all this different stuff, how to reach the customer. And I think that the customers are also looking for lots of different ways to reach the brand. So I kind of, you know, wanted to flip that and allow the customers to find the brands instead of, well, the brands trying to find the customers. Do you think that your approach to any of this has changed because of what's going on right now? Or do you think that you kind of were on this track already and like had these feelings already and it's more so accelerated um, kind of that process for you? Yeah, I feel like it's just accelerating the whole process. I mean, listen, in-store retailer, in-store retail is still so necessary because that is the point of so many sales. Like I'll be walking to my office and Soho, I'll see a 
like red dress and be like, oh my God, what is that? And then I'll go online because I didn't have the time to stop and look. And everyone's saying that in-store retail is dead. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not the case. Even though we are only on mobile phones, I think that we really need both. It's just a matter of the way that we're doing it. And I think that our generation is so big on personalization and like, we don't have time to sort through all that stuff online. So if we can just, you know, show them our customers, what's relevant to them, that's so helpful. Just like, you know, the store doesn't have 4 million products on it. The store is very curated in person. And so we wanted to create that almost in-store experience. Like there's no, you know, there's no sales associate helping you figure out, Oh, does this look, do these jeans look, make my butt look good? But with our app and how we're dressing for body type and helping you highlight, you know, what you love most about yourself, we're trying to replicate that in-store experience, but online. Well, you guys are killing it and doing oh, such thank a good you. job. <laughs> I have a question going off the body type um, point. So have you guys thought about including images in your app of people wearing the clothes instead of just the clothes themselves static and like how to integrate a lot of websites are doing video, like video try on pictures, I guess, when you swipe through like the first pictures that is the product itself, then it's on the customer, then it's on like a model rotating. Have you thought about how to incorporate, I guess, like more people into the app so people can get a better idea of how the fit will look on them? Yes, 100%. That's actually a huge focus of us right of ours right now. And you know, we show what our retailers give to us. So we're really encouraging them to send us as many different angles and on as many different body types as you possibly can. I mean, I think right now that's a little difficult with COVID because even, you know, when you go on shop up, there's not as many model pictures right now because social distancing and all that and stuff. But that's definitely the direction that we're moving in. And, you know, getting dressed like body type is so integral to the getting dressed process. And I feel like so many e-commerce sites right now aren't necessarily paying attention to that. I mean, we can see how it fits on the model, but even certain brands are better for certain body types than others. Um, like I joke, I'm kind of built like a 14 year old boy, like I'm straight up and down. So I can't wear brands that are meant for people that, you know, are super tall or really come in at the waist because I'm five two. But some brands are better suited for that than others. So to be able to distinguish that and also like the shape of the garments, like I don't wear peplum tops because they just don't look good on me. But my sister, they'd look awesome on her. So being able to separate that has also been a key point of what we've been trying to do. That's awesome. I'm happy to hear you're doing that. That's like, seems like a really great direction. I agree. I think a lot of brands in general, like you kind of said, are going to, it's going to be a challenge to figure out how to make the clothes come to life on digital, because I agree that I don't think brick and mortar is going away, but it is going to be more of that Glossier kind of model and a showroom model. And so the digital experience is going to have to be more personalized and more representative of like the touch and the feel and the flow of a piece of or a garment of clothing. So I'm really excited that you're doing that too. I can't wait to see what it looks like. You know, when Net-A-Porter was starting out, I think there was a lot of people were like, oh, is this going to work? Because are people going to buy, you know, really expensive clothing that they can't touch and they can't feel? Like how can they sell luxury 
online. Sorry, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but it reminded me of that. Yeah, so they were having difficulty with that. And everyone was like, oh, we don't think you'll be able to sell luxury online, um, especially to women, because they want to see and feel and touch all of it. And then they showed the world that they could. And now they're super successful. And then I feel like the conversation is now shifting. I mean, when Anna Wintour has been styling high, low, and Vogue, all of a sudden there's this shift to not everyone's wearing head to toe luxury anymore. They're mixing up, you know, their Gucci sneakers with some $50 jeans and a designer jacket and a random t-shirt. And there were no platforms out there that were mixing high and low like that. I mean, some of them were, but not to the extent that people dress. So I think also that we've kept that in mind while building Mata, where we will pair, you know, if you say that you're looking to splurge on a handbag, we will pair, you know, a Balenciaga handbag with $80 sneakers. So we're really doing that high-low as well, which is pretty new to the market. And there's not much there, you know, not much out there right now like that. I didn't even realize that that was an initiative you guys did. And now that you say it, I can remember outfits I swiped on where that was the case. And I think that's really, really awesome and cool and effective. Like <laughs> those handbags really get me on the whole outfit. <laughs> <laughs> it just elevates them. Yeah, exactly. Totally. What advice do you have for younger people or even people our age who've always thought that they wanted to do something like you are and be an entrepreneur and start their own company or brand or digital platform and just don't think they have the resources or the ideas yet to get there? What advice do you have for those people? My mentors and advisors have been so incredibly helpful during this whole thing. I wouldn't be where I am without them. Um, I know that sounds so cheesy, but it's so true. Like, you know, I knew from the beginning that I really didn't know anything about this industry. And so I had to surround myself with people that really did. Um, so the first person that I reached out to, I cold emailed the editor-in-chief at Entrepreneur Magazine because um, I really wanted an internship with them. And he's like, sorry, we don't have any internships. So I was like, okay, well, I see you're coming to Boston. Can you at least get coffee with me? Um, so we got coffee and, you know, this was like, what, three years ago. And now he's like one of my most trusted mentors that I always turn to. And he really, you know, I interned with them. And because of him, I started meeting so many different entrepreneurs um, that were doing things that I wanted to do. And just to be surrounded by them. And, you know, I was I always thought I was going to be a journalist. And so, you know, I was learning their story so that I could tell it. And, you know, I think during that, I realized that I didn't just want to tell their stories. I actually wanted to have the story of my own. And I actually wanted to go do that. So I built up, you know, my little team of, you know, my little team, my board of advisors. So one of them was the CMO over at Hasbro. His name was Victor Lee. So then he went to RxPAR and now he's on to something new and exciting. And then I met Ingrid who is one of my advisors, but also like a big sister to me. She was, she's the VP at Elf Cosmetics right now. And she was at a few fashion brands beforehand. And then I have Jack, who's kind of like my right-hand man, who was in, he did a lot with, you know, retail and data and customers and all of that. So I built up this, you know, team around me that I was like, okay, if I have a problem at 2am in the morning, I know that I can call them and they'll have a solution for me by morning. And I know that if, you know, I don't know the first thing about how to reach out to this brand or what to do with what the next quarter is going to look like or whatever it is, I know that they've been in my shoes before and they have so much experience, you know, behind them that I can call on them. And so that's probably my biggest piece of advice. It's crazy how many people out there want to help 
people our age, like recent college grads and kids in college, like there's so many people successful in their career that would love to pass on that information. And I think that so many kids are so nervous to even reach out to them because they're like, oh, they're so cool. Like, I don't think I can talk to them. But I don't know. I guess I just don't see red tape. And I'm like, okay, what's the harm in sending an email? And I've always been happily surprised by their responses. So that's my advice. That's awesome. The amount of times I've been scared to reach out to people, like have been that exact person you're describing is way too many. And I feel more motivated to just cold email people. I literally have chills from that story. And it really, we tried to hone in on this idea of mentorship and networking and just reaching out and taking that first jump in a previous episode. I think it's so important and such a piece of advice that people should really take to heart. I was actually a journalism major too. and really? Yeah. And I think that's where I first really learned that you'll be surprised with how many people want to help you and want to or will even respond to your email if you don't think they're going to respond and can refer you to someone else if they're uninterested in talking to you. But it's really such an important thing to just do it. Just reach out to people and create a network for yourself. Like the worst thing that's going to happen is they're either going to say no or they're not going to respond. And like they don't know you from the email. So might as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. To end the episode, we want to do something new, which we're going to try for our guest speakers, which is a fun game where we give them a trend. And then we're going to have Madison swipe left or right on it, kind of like the app. And yeah, (laughs) that's what we're going to do. Okay, so Madison, blazers and biker shorts. Okay, separately, swipe right. Yes, together, I'd need to see it on. Fair. Fair point. I think I'd need to see it on too. Me too. Baby doll dresses. Yes. So right. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Graphic tees and midi skirts. Yes to graphic tees, midi skirts. Mm, I can't pull it off. (laughs) Agreed. What about growfits? Yes. You like growfits? 100%. I I also love growfits and everyone makes fun of me for it. Dresses and chunky sneakers. Oh. Yes, but not on me. Tie-dye. Yes. For COVID. Maybe like, after like COVID I'm tie-dye, what about when it wasn't, like, before COVID? No. No. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Tangent on this, though, is that, like, we've been getting so many orders for tie-dye sweatpants. We cannot keep up with it. It's wild. Like, I had to start tracking them down from Europe to send over because so many people wanted these Cotton Citizens pink tie-dye sweatpants. That was probably from Danielle Bernstein. She posted about Cotton Citizens. Yeah. And uh, that'll do it. It was all gone. That'll do it. I bought my mom a Cotton Citizen tie-dye sweatshirt because I felt really bad I told her she was trying to buy a like a rainbow tie-dye sweatshirt, and I told her that it was too young for her. <laughs> she was like, what are you trying to say? And I was like, nothing. You just need different colors. So for Mother's Day, I bought her one, and I was like, this is what I was saying. Like, you can totally rock this. That's so funny. <laughs> um, even, yeah. the one, even the one I got from Project Social, like, they literally sent it for me to post about it. And by the time that I got it and took a picture of it, it was all sold out online except for like extra larges, which is so crazy. crazy. Like people That's wild. any tie-dye and then just ordering it. I know, but like in six months, no one's going to wear a tie-dye because they're going to be like, oh, it was when we had a global pandemic. Yeah. And then they're going to have so much of it. It's going to be like a whole issue, but. Yes. 
Last one in spirit of summer, high-waisted bathing suits. Yes. I'm only a high-waisted bathing suiter these days. I'm a controversial opinion. I don't really like high-waisted bathing suits because I think it shrinks my stomach. Like, it almost makes it look like I don't have a stomach. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like this way. Not this way. This way. <laughs> like, it looks like a head on, on some legs. <laughs> Not too. Oh I think it's all body type. Like yeah. some things look amazing on some people, and I'm like, I could never lock that. Yeah. This was absolutely fantastic to have you on the show, Madison. I'm so happy we got to do this. I feel so excited about everything that's going to be happening with your app in the future. I truly, I think Maddie and I both think that this is such a game changer idea, and we're so excited to see everything that comes from it. You're really shaking up the fashion world thank you this is so much fun guys thanks so much for having me of course thank you so much and speaking to our next few episodes we have some exciting guests lined up as well and we're so excited to i've said excited 700 times but that's how i feel um we're We're just excited for you guys to listen to this episode and listen to all the episodes to come. So stay tuned and keep sending in your hot takes and your Instagram, Sustainable Sundays, Small Business Saturdays, all that jazz. Anything to add, Maddie? No. (laughs) I got nothing. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.